Yeah, it's just, you know, save your tapes. Yeah. You only They're have so many expensive. of them. You gotta deal on them at the Google. Anyway, so how are you guys tonight? We're recording oh, much we're later recording. than usual. Oh my goodness. I like to catch us mid-conversation. We've been over this, like, thrice now. Well, Genevieve is being friendly for once in your little furry life. Yeah, Genevieve is here. And, um, it's just us tonight. We have no guest chair. This is the Quarantine Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jordan. Georgia. And I'm Emma. And, uh, I'm calling you Ja now, because the last part of your name, Georgia, Ja. Oh, okay. It's a good new nickname. Alright. Congratulations. And there's also Georgie. What Georgie about Georgie. Genevieve? Genevieve, do you want to announce yourself? She's, uh, Jenny. Oh, can she say hello? Say hello, Genevieve. Oh, she's purring. Yeah. I hope it picks up. It's such a nice sound. It won't pick up. Ah. Anyway, um, are you guys ready for the first story of the evening? That I've sure. got picked out for us. This is a really fun one. It's a very innocent one. Is it Genevieve related? It's animal related. Okay, I'm worried. More than a hundred goats descend on a neighborhood in Boise. The goats chow down on flower beds, leaves, and grass before being rounded up. Good for them. This is from NBC News, written by Ethan Sachs. Residents of an Idaho neighborhood woke up Friday morning to a site they uh, to a site that really got their goat. <laughs> uh, this was written two years ago, August 3rd, 2018. An invading herd of more than 100 goats rampaged through the neighborhood of West Boise, devouring flowerbeds, grass, and leaves as they moved from, be- from yard to yard uh, on Friday morning. Representatives of the company that owned the animals, We Rent Goats, arrived at the scene and managed to herd the goats onto a truck around 9 a.m., less than two hours after the initial calls were fielded by animal control from the 10,000 block of West Summerwind Drive. As the goats were rounded up by their handlers, a throng of onlookers and reporters rivaling the goat herd size gathered to watch. The neighborhood banded together to force them into a lawn while they were waiting for us. We Rent Goats owner Matt uh, Gabica told NBC News, Everyone seems to be enjoying it. There were tons of little kids around there, Mothers brought infants and strollers to see the goats. We Rent Goats, according to its website, provides rentals of herds uh, of the animals to landowners in need of mowing large swaths of grass. The animals apparently specialize in chewing down on weeds. Would you guys do something like that if you got an estate? Absolutely. I mean, I'd want to have my own goats on retainer. Mm-hmm. Well, goats are so difficult to take care of, though. And this mm-hmm. is like a hundred goats. Yeah. That's efficient. Yeah. Yeah. These guys are the goats of I mean, herding goats. You would have to be like making some high, higher value product like they are with the goats if you want to have that many yeah. goats. Yeah, like it can't be just for your personal use because then you're just frittering away goats and you're not yeah. using them for mm-hmm. your meat because you can't eat meat. Can't. And I don't think you can make like clothes from goat fur. I don't think it's like the right type of thing. You can melt them and make excellent cheese. Yeah, but that would be very, very, very labor-intensive. Yeah. Like, we'd have to dedicate our entire lives (laughs) to making goat cheese and nothing else. Which means we would have to sell it. And we would probably still need to hire, like, ten other people to help with caring for the goats. Yeah, you would just wind up becoming goat farmers if you tried having your own personal herd of lawnmowers. Yeah. I, I still have yet to see the downside to this. <laughs> Y'all know. It's just um, hard. We would have to impregnate the goats, like, all the time. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, you have to go squirt, squirt, 
So can, okay. Are, can you Put not? Get, are you not able to get comfortable with the buttress? Um, the couch is just like kind of sunken in the middle, and I don't want to. Okay. Yeah. You can use it for whatever. It's very firm. Are and you sure? Yeah. I'm just like puzzled as like how you can't seem to get comfortable with it. I'm doing my best. I want it under my ass. It's making me flip it around. reconsider buying a third one. It's like it seems like Georgia and I are the only ones who truly appreciate it. I like the buttress. I just oh, here we go. Nothing like sitting on somebody else's ass, you know. Well, you put you put your butt on their thighs. Yeah, on the mm. lap part. And then their ass on your thighs, yeah, and it gives and you a nice little. You have double ass curve. My ass is too big already, y'all. Yeah. Um, the company has insurance. One cheek on this thing. The company has insurance and will be following up with neighbors whose landscaping was damaged. Animal control will also be following up with the company. Boise City Government spokesman uh, Mike Journey or Journey said in an email: "The 118 goats that got loose were originally corralled near 80 uh, Ada County Highway District uh, retention pond." and broke through several slats of wooden fence to scour the area for food, Idaho, the Idaho statesman reported. The breakout wasn't exactly the stuff of heist movies. Apparently they just leaned on the fence and broke it, said Gavica. So we got a couple uh, fun images with this one, so I'm gonna throw it up on the screen so we can like play a video off Twitter for you. Goodbye, angry baby. I'm so oh, she slid. She did slide. Now, if goats came in and ruined my landscaping, I would be very upset, I gotta say. At least they're insured goats. Landscaping is difficult. Right, but if, you know, when you do landscaping, you invest more than the cost of the plants and things into it. You invest a lot of labor into it. This is true. Can't seem to play the media. Can I play the thing at the top? I don't know. I want to see the goats. Here we go. It's loading. Very slowly. You'll edit this part out, I assume. Uh, yeah, I might cut this out, or maybe I'll leave it in to let people know like how hard I try. <laughs> All right, that is not going anywhere. Can't. Okay, I can't play videos on the smart view. So Damn. let's take That's... the thing back off. It's okay, we'd have all the cool commentary while the video was playing, and then you wouldn't be able to hear anything. I could always mute it so we could just look at the cute goats. Anyway, any any other thoughts on the goats before we move on? It sounds like a fun, fun time. I feel like it's like the start of a new event. The yearly running of the goats. Hmm. Hmm. They don't really like run around, though, do they? Yeah, the yearly standing of the goats, you know? Hmm. Just put a hundred goats in the field and look at them. I love how all the... Um, neighbors like came together to corral the goats yeah like i'm just imagining some like hank hill type being like <laughs> no my landscaping my lawn peggy getting everyone together to protect the lawns from the goats yeah. that would be a king of the hill episode you're mm-hmm. absolutely correct yeah genius so not as meaty as I thought it would be that story, but it's a very feel-good story before I get into something very oh gruesome. This is from Ripley's.com. Um, mm. The puzzling tale of Alfred Packer, the Colorado cannibal. They say fact is stranger than fiction, and when this actually proves to be the case, the story never disappoints. Cannibalism is arguably one of the most intriguing topics when it comes to the facts outweighing the fiction. <laughs> From rituals throughout history to true horror stories, cannibalism has remained a taboo topic. 
But aside from the gruesome nature of the act, only two Americans have ever been considered to have legitimately been jailed for cannibalism. Albert Fish and Alfred Packer. Damn, not a single woman on that list. You know what? I think it's time we change that. Well, what? women can do everything. Women, 2020. Women, oh women <laughs> ate human meat during the Donner Party uh, debacle, but like none of them went to jail because like it was a fucked situation and no one could really necessarily blame them. Yeah, I mean, weren't they like already dead? Yeah, like they yeah, died. Like, they died. They, I think they did murder two guys like that were guiding them along the way. Um, mm-hmm. These two uh, Native Americans. Yeah, uh, sounds about right. Sounds yeah. About right. Yeah. You know what? You know what? Women, you can do everything men can. Oh my god. I already <laughs> just said women ate people. They just didn't go to jail for it because they weren't horrible criminals like Albert Fish. Are you guys familiar with Albert Fish? No. I feel like I've I don't heard the pay name. attention to serial killers. Yeah, we can so valid. We can talk about him another time because I already got Alfred Packer um, pulled up and. I imagine he's a little bit more obscure than Albert Fish, but... Um, Dang. Both he, names start with an A-L. Yeah. Yeah. And if Albert Fish was into jam music, he would have spelled his name uh, with a P-H instead of an F. He would have indeed. <laughs> so, who was Alfred Packer? Born January 1842 in Allegheny County, Pennsylvania, Alfred Packer lived an unspectacular life until the 1860s during which time he joined and fought for the Union in the Civil War. Good for him. Honorably discharged. Don't say good for him. He's a cannibal. <laughs> well, he did something good with his life. I mean, you know, not everybody can be perfect. But at least he was on the right side. Like, what if what if it was like he fought and died for the Confederacy? Then he's just twice as bad. But, but like, there's being on the right side of a war, but people on the right side of a war can also be horrific war criminals. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can be on the right side of a war... And like, also, still be a terrible person. Like, like commit horrible like, crimes. Like Winston Churchill, right? Like, yeah, Churchill. Was he was horrible. on the right side of the war, but he was a horrible person that got people murdered all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. He was, but like, you, you, you know, props or props are due. I mean, I guess um, he had he had options, I and he re- chose the right one. I read another thing earlier because of all the later but. the resurgence of, of the Black Lives Matter movement with uh, everything that's been going on mm-hmm. in San Francisco. They toppled a statue of Ulysses S. Grant of all people, and he was the Union general who you know won the war. So like, people still have a beef with him, even though he was technically on the right side of history there. I'm sure he did something. I'm not familiar with him enough right now. Apparently. He was gifted a slave, mm. but um, there is like indications that he freed it at the beginning of the war. He freed he them. Freed, he freed them at the beginning of the war. He freed the enslaved cut, person. Cut that out. <laughs> oh my god. Look at you erasing history. This I is why I should have my tapes. I was right. <laughs> so who is Alfred Packer? He fought in the Union. Uh, he was honorably discharged on two separate occasions. After seizures caused his epilepsy, he struggled to make a living uh, at a variety of jobs before turning to the gold rush for an attempt to make a quick fortune in Colorado. But this was no easy street. A tragedy during his short-lived career as a prospector would go on to dub him one of the most controversial characters in Colorado history. You're going to Colorado next month, right? Yeah. All right, we'll see what we'll see where he was in Colorado, and then maybe you could like go, go see if there's any tourist stuff no, information about him. No, can you I'm get not me, interested in cannibals. Can you get me like a keychain or something from like? I doubt they have cannibalism themed keychains. I mean, yeah. like they want people to visit. 
They don't want people. They, they they want people to come to the state of Colorado. What if they have people flavored jerky? Oh, ah. it's like it's not people, but it's people flavored. So it's but big, how would you know? Because we taste like pig. <gasps> fireworks. Yeah, people are setting off fireworks oh, outside. Did you see some? They've been doing it all week. Uh, like I've been hearing, I haven't seen any of them. You see, you see one. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I'm jealous. Juneteenth. Yeah. Um. So, in 1873, during a harsh winter, he and five companions, Israel Swan, Shannon Bell, George Noon, Frank Miller, and James Humphrey, set out to the San Juan Mountains in search of California's gold. As conditions became worse and the length of their journey stretched on, the men slowly began to starve after running out of supplies. Having eaten everything down to the leather of their shoes, there was only one uh, desperate source of sustenance left. Uh, The Colorado Killer... Um, Ripley's like breaks this down into sections in what he called an act of self-defense Packer killed one of his companions Shannon Bell Packer claims that the group of men became so hungry out in the brutal storm that Bell desperately came after him with a hatchet to avoid being killed himself he had no choice but to turn on Bell Packer claimed that the rest of the group was already dead with some flesh missing when he found them after the fight some accounts even suggest that Bell himself had been cooking the remains of their companions when Packer came across him, finishing the job that Bell supposedly started. Packer claimed he was forced to eat meat off of other men rather than starve to death. Later investigations in the matter have been inconclusive as to which of the two men killed the others. A bullet hole found in a skeleton believed to be Bell didn't appear to match with Packer's story of how, uh, of how he shot his supposed attacker. But one thing's for certain. Packer partially ate their flesh, as he later confessed during his trial. After emerging from the mountains, Packer gave his account of the terrible events and was arrested without even a shred of proof that he hadn't killed his companions. He was convicted and imprisoned in the town of uh, Siguache. <clears throat> so, well, it sounds like he just, you know, was the only thing he's really guilty of is poor planning. Yeah, he got railroaded, essentially, because, like... I mean, like, you know, there's, like, killing someone to eat them as a cannibal, like, um, Jeffrey Dahmer and Albert Fish did and everything, but then there's just, like, you're out in the woods and you get hit by a storm or whatever, and then, uh, like, oh, shit, I don't want to die, and oh, shit, my bro is going to kill me to eat me. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's different if they actually were already dead, and he was eating them not to die, versus he just, like, went on a killing spree and killed all of them, and then ate some of them. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, it's it's the difference between, like, what's his name? Like, Vince Lee was the guy on the Canadian bus? Oh, the, the Manitoba thing? Yeah. Where he was, like, he was he biting into someone's neck? No, no, he, he stabbed... This, this is horrible. Like, I, I feel so badly for, like, the family of the victims and the family, like, of, of Lee himself, obviously. Um, but, yeah, he... He was hearing voices telling him that the man beside him was going to kill him. And so he stabbed the man to death on, like, on the Greyhound bus um, and began to eat him. Uh, and when the bus driver got like all, all the other passengers off, uh, Vincent severed the man's head and held it up against the window. There was, it was an- extreme. There was another incident on some other bus where a guy was like... Another incident? There, not in Manitoba necessarily, but like, I remember hearing another thing where a guy was like, ripping into another guy's neck with his teeth. Yikes. You know, it's funny that the Greyhound actually made the decision to pull their ad. They have they used to have an ad campaign uh, called no, Nobody 
gets like it was it was not, like there's a reason why they don't call it bus rage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they had to <laughs> they had to pull that out oh. series pretty quick. Um, according to legend, his judge reportedly warned, "Damn you, Alpha Packer! There were seven Democrats in Hinsdale County, and you ain't five of them." Old timey spelling of Democrats, Democrats. His chilling tale isn't over yet, though. As soon as he escaped his Colorado cell. Almost a decade after his breakout, Packer was finally located in Wyoming, using the alias John Schwartz after a a retrial in Lake City in June 1886. He was sentenced to 40 years in uh, Canaan City's jail after the death sentence was reverted by Colorado's Supreme Court, being paroled in 1901. He then moved to Jefferson County, where he died six years later at the age of 65, Ironically enough, the story goes on uh, that he became a vegetarian before his death. Well, I figure. Yeah, you get, like, fucking roasted and shit for allegedly eating people. Well, I, th- I think the evidence is pretty clear that he did eat people. The well, question is, how did he kill them? Or did he even kill them at all, or were they, yeah. like, taken by the weather? Well, one of them had a bullet in his skull. Yeah, but that so that seems pretty intentional. But that could have been the other guy, the guy that he claimed to kill in yeah. self defense. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, uh, what was? I don't remember. Never mind. Never mind. It seems intentional. So here is a picture of Mr. Uh, Packer, pretty handsome dude for the time. You know, he's got uh, he's got the wavy hair and everything. I feel like that sort of thing. Yeah. He looks a little vampiric. Like, he's got the very dark circles. Not under his eyes, but, like, over Over. his eyes. And it doesn't even look like he has, like, irises. He has, like, slits for pupils. Yeah, he's got slits for pupils. Like, I don't know if that's just the exposure (coughs) on the camera or what. And then he's got the all-black jacket. But, you know, to be fair to him, everyone looked like that in photos back in the day. Like, everyone looks ghoulish and horrible. Well, you know. He's got a little, like, side man bun going on. It's a, it's an interesting look. If you were desperate enough, would you eat people? I couldn't. Eat? Like, even if I was desperate enough, my body would just reject it. So I would just be killing someone, eating them, and then vomiting it back up. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't seem like a very pleasant experience, like, altogether. What about you, George? Oh. No. No? No. I would never be that desperate to, like, live. <laughs> Damn. We're getting dark. We're getting dark. Um, what about you, George? But I'd also yeah. never be in that situation. Yeah, that's true. You plan too much. I plan too much, and I know, like, outdoorsing too well. Yeah. You found a mushroom to eat. Um, Probably. Cooked. I don't know if I would eat anybody, but I often ponder what I taste like. Yeah. I do wonder what human flesh tastes like. Like, but but like me specifically. Yeah. Because like, I get really annoyed at like my bo. Because like, first thing I do in the morning God. is I wake up, put on deodorant, go to work, and then immediately sweat through my deodorant. Mm-hmm. And it's like a very like fried onion kind of smell. And like, I was looking up everything about that. And it's like because you you're you're mm-hmm. a horrible guy who just eats fast food all the time and stuff high in lipids. And like, okay, I need to cut that out. But then it's like, does that affect like my taste? Does it like give me sort of like a really like fatty quality to my meat? I would assume so, given like the things you eat in general, (laughs) like your uh, jelly and 
what is it, jelly and turkey sandwiches? I haven't had one of those with, in a while, but uh, that's frosted delicious. Flakes. With the Frosted Flakes. No, no, that's no, 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 not yeah. Frosted Flakes, Corn Flakes, just oh, okay. regular-ass Corn Flakes. Corn Flakes, Corn Flakes, jelly, and turkey, with a, between bread, like, that's yeah. just... It's a choice. It's, a choice. it's delicious. I believe you. I think, I think it's the same principle as that whole thing. You know, people are always like, you know, not to get too vulgar on our talk show, but whatever you eat is what you taste like. You know, in a sexual uh-huh. sense. Uh-huh. So I figure it's the same principle, you know? Yeah. Like. I don't know. I, I wonder if that's, like. Just eat a lot of a pineapple. A rumor. Because, um, like, I don't know if I've ever really noticed a difference. Like, I would say that I, I have. I have definitely noticed a difference between the people that, like. I, I don't want to incriminate myself <laughs> too much on. Audio, audio in case my James family Coke, you owe me a Coke. I'm never gonna pay you back a single Coke in case anyone that like I love dearly who I'm related to by blood listen to this podcast one day. All I'm gonna say is I think you can find a demonstrable difference. So but what I wonder about most that lately though is my liver. Because mm-hmm. like I tried I tried cooking liver a few yes. weeks ago and it wound up not being for me. I like liver worse, but I don't like straight up liver. Fair enough. But like, I wonder how delicious my liver would be. Like, is my liver basically just foie gras at this point? <laughs> like, is it rich, but is it rich, creamy meat butter if you cut ah. it out and cook it? It's a gross word. Because like the more, like yeah, like. They what? What do they do in France? That horrible thing where they like force feed, they force feed the Foie goose, gras. goose. Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. So like, I'm not being for. I'm not like, being does forced. Does drinking that. alcohol make your liver taste worse or better? Ooh. I think it would have to make it taste worse because you're scarring your liver. Um, whereas so like they're giving the goose like a fatty liver, and I imagine if you cut me open and looked at me right now, I would have a fatty liver. Like, you would squeeze it and, like, little, like, fat would come out. I was hungry. I am no longer hungry. I feel like (laughs) fat is, like... It accumulates around. Contained, yeah. Like, you can't really squeeze out the oil in your body. It's contained within your cells. Yeah. I don't know how fatty liver disease works, but I imagine at this point I must have, like, a very mild, mild case of it that will maybe develop in ten years. <clears throat> Unless I change my ways now, where's the fun too late in that? To change. It's always too late to change. Mm. You just need to eat some fruit and fruits and vegetables, man. Yeah, I'll make them for you. Like I've been, cool. I've been trying to do better. I had an apple the other night. <laughs> Good. Keep the doctor away. And all that. Speaking of doctors, you are both uh, women or like uh, born women. You're familiar with women's health. Um, you're pretty knowledgeable about the woman, the woman's body and anatomy and things that are healthy. If you want to call it that. There's a lot of women who aren't, um, that do very mysterious things. This comes from vice.com. Please stop putting garlic in your vaginas. Oh. OBGYN begs. Congratulations. You've turned your most sensitive orifice into Gilroy, California for absolutely no reason, according to Dr. Jennifer Gunter. This comes from us. Uh, this comes to us from uh, Jalisa Castro, 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 Jalisa Castro Dale. What uh, kind of name is that? Is some kind of fancy European name? name? Well, get out of here. 
anyway. <clears throat> Dr. Jennifer Gunter, an OBGYN and author, is an expert in several aspects of women's health, but she also seems to have a perhaps unintentional specialty in telling us what not to put in our vaginas. Like those glitter capsules. Uh, what? There was a whole trend for a while. People would put... It was an Etsy thing. There was like a little capsule of glitter that you'd put up inside of yourself and it would dissolve in there. And the idea was that it would be like a little surprise for your partner during oral sex. <laughs> <laughs> to make the whole thing a little more exciting, you Is know? it biodegradable glitter? Or like, like plastic was... glitter? I like to think that it was like skin safe. Yeah, I mean, hopefully it's skin safe glitter. I feel like there's no such thing as a glitter that's truly 100% safe for internal use in that organ. And what's it supposed I mean, to be? Because, like, whenever, whenever, I, whenever I've, like, gone down on a lady, it's like you're not really, like, super inspecting it while you're doing it. Is, it, is the idea that you, yeah. that you do it and then you come up and you're like, oh, look at that! <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like a taste thing too. Well, yeah, so you can eat mica. That's true. I, I, I that's I what like most makeup <coughs> glitter is is mica based. Yeah, but mica's like tiny little shards of rocks, right? Essentially. Yeah. I feel like you don't want tiny little shards of rocks. I mean, anywhere with the mucous membrane. I guess. But mm. like, you can eat them. Like I've eaten a significant share of mica because when I worked at Rita's Italian Ice, we were doing for a couple months. Uh, unicorn Italian ice promo yeah. thing that was spark. It was supposed to be sparkly ice, but since ice is sparkly anyway because it's ice, ice. you really didn't <laughs> notice that much until it melted. But putting like this, putting the syrup into the machine and like making the ice and stuff was absolutely gorgeous. It looked like a, like a swirling night sky. But in the actual thing, it didn't make that big of a difference. But I ate a lot of that. Well, that sounds good. It was very delicious. It was like some strawberry cotton candy flavor. Well, Dr. Gunter wrote a piece for the New York Times called Here Are Things Not to Put in Your Vagina. Oh, is it a long list? Well, this is just like a little sum up they wrote on Vice here. She warned against lemon juice, yogurt, sea sponges. You know, I knew someone that used to put yogurt up up there as as a cure for yeast infections. I think that causes yeast infections. You'd think so. Anyway. There you go. uh, And then on on her own website, she wrote a thing called What You Shouldn't Put in Your Vagina, which um, nixed Vicks VapoRub. Oh. Can't that stuff, like, kill you if it's on your mucous membranes? It it burns. It's, It's, like, it evaporates and just, like causes awful tingles. I don't know why you would want that near any bit of really no, sensitive skin. I'm pretty sure there's something... I mean, granted, it was TLC that told me this, mm. uh, so we can't believe them, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure that there's something in Vicks Vapor Rub that's poisonous if it yeah. touches your mucous uh, membranes. Also... Yeah, like if you have it in large quantities. Mm. Makeup sponges are a no-go. Don't put makeup makeup sponges up your up yourself. Mm. And an Etsy-generated abomination that involved tree bark and ground-up wasp larvae. Yeah, it is uh, camphor. That's what I thought it was. I couldn't remember. Um, Camphor, which is toxic or if swallowed or absorbed into the bodies. So it's a no-go on the Vicks Vapeboat. And yesterday she posted a nine-tweet thread to explain why garlic cloves weren't meant to be vaginally inserted either. Before we get to Dr. Gunter's tweets, the idea that garlic can be used to cure vaginal yeast infection isn't a new one, 
but it is one that has made its way around the internet often enough that even Monistat addresses the rumor on its website. I feel like if you put like a whole clove up there, it would just get pickled. Yeah. I don't want to really <laughs> go through the rest of this because I feel like we get the idea. Yeah, we of, definitely like, get the idea. There are some kooky ladies out there. But also, Basically, there's I'm, a lot of misinformation. Yeah. Like, in their defense, you know, mm-hmm. like the women's or, you know, assigned female bodies, whatever you want to. Yeah. People with vaginas. People with vaginas. Yeah. Um, no, matter, no matter what you're born as, if you have a vagina, you have to take care of it. Yeah. Generally. I mean, vaginas, like women's bodies in general, regardless of like what you got going on, like all that stuff's kind of mystified. Like, oh, absolutely. Like women's health and vagina health and like reproductive health are all very taboo topics. We've got a million pills to cure a faulty erection, but not, but no one seems to know what causes uh, endometriosis. Yeah. Like, there's also just no research that's being put in. But even of, like, the information that we do know, like, you know, there's a lot of teenagers whose parents refuse to tell them any of this information kind of stuff. Oh, and you yeah. just don't know, like, basic facts about how your body works. I remember I went to Driver's Ed in Texas, and there were girls there who genuinely believed. Driver's Ed? Yeah. It blew me. It, it's relevant. Um, okay. So I went to Driver's Ed with a bunch of girls and guys, obviously, from, like, different high schools in the area, uh, from much more um, low-income areas. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were girls who genuinely believed that if their boyfriends drank two liters of Mountain Dew before sex, they wouldn't get pregnant. Yeah, I heard that rumor a lot in middle yeah. school is that it makes you infertile. Or that if they had sex in a shower standing up, that they wouldn't get pregnant even if they didn't use protection. You see, because gravity stops all that. And But the issue, like, like, like Georgia was saying, is that parents don't talk about this stuff with their kids. Yeah. And sex, sex education in schools is woefully misleading at best. There's just, yeah, like, it's, I have never once seen a sex instructor put a condom on a cucumber. Fun fact. Mm. We were just told that if you had sex, you'd die, basically. Like, like, <laughs> like that scene in Mean Girls. It was basically, God, I remember, this is a tangent, I'm sorry. Um, but it was this program called Lifeguard in Austin. Um, and we had this guy talk to us who, looking back on it, was obviously gay and just very deeply in the closet Mm -hmm. um talking about how he and his fiance who was of course a woman Mm -hmm. had both agreed they weren't gonna have sex until their wedding night and that he was very very nervous about it i'm i'm just saving it y'all i want to save it so it's special but no like like this, this guy was genuinely like he was almost in tears talking about how worried he was to have sex with his fiance for the first time on their wedding night and I was like in sixth grade or something I'm like I'm not here I'm not equipped to handle this I don't know what's going on <laughs> that's, that's a lot to dump on that's like, how I was tweens. that's what yeah. that's what I was worried about every single day in sixth grade though I believe it sixth grade seventh grade eighth grade my family was just my family my church was just shoving out my throat you're gonna get married and then have sex without protection and have children and you're not allowed to like deviate from any of that yeah, you're not allowed to French kiss before your wedding night, and then on your wedding night, you're supposed full to get penetration. Yeah, full penetration. Full penetration. Mission, and full I was missionary like, penetration. Did not realize I was gay yet. 
And, like, regardless, that's still a whole terrifying experience. Like, I know there was that woman who did a whole article about how horrible it was that she waited until her wedding night Mm -hmm. to have sex for the first time. Because it's just so much pressure on you. And so much pressure on the experience. And you don't really know if you're, like, compatible with the person on a sexual level. You've got to try before you buy. Yeah. And also, you have to be... You have to know if you want to have sex for the rest of your life you want to know like you want a chance to test compatibility yeah but also like there's a reason why we kiss and we make out and we do other things in order to build up arousal for sex and that doesn't you know like if you go from chase kisses to full-on penetration that's not like a healthy progression no. into the sexual world. You need time, but then you're on your fucking honeymoon, <laughs> and there's all this pressure, right? And yeah. so it's you had to just flip, flip a switch. Yeah, and it's a shitty situation. It was probably one of the biggest reasons why I ended up leaving the church. There you go. So we talked about urethral sounding last week, but like we did. there's. I can't seem to find any equivalent of, like, guys putting some kind of salve up their dick to, like, cure a UTI or anything like that. Well, men are, or people with penises are much, 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 much less likely to get a UTI. Mm. Like, statistically, people with vaginas are much more likely to get a UTI from just about anything. Just due to, like, the sheer amount of mucous membrane. Yeah, I mean, in general, in, like sex, like, the person penetrating is way more likely to give disease or infection than to receive it. I did have that really bad UTI one time that I thought was kidney stones. And then, like, I believe I'm still in debt for that, but no one's contacted me in a while. Mm. So I'm like, well, I guess they don't want my money anymore. There you go. I have no idea what happened with that, but (laughs) basically, I was uh, in the bathroom going going number one and I was in a lot of pain I was like hunching over because it hurt so bad <laughs> and I came out and um, you woke me up I think I was there wasn't I I have to go to the hospital yeah, well. you come to the hospital with me <sighs> and then I get there and then it's like uh, yeah no stones but like your prostate is like infected bro <laughs> so I don't know how that happened or something some kind of gunk got up there if only I had, like, some kind of syringe I could have squirted yogurt up in with uh, oh, shorts. <laughs> Don't ruin yogurt for me. It's the one thing I have. It's not the one thing I, I have. Yogurt. I have a lot of yogurt in the fridge. It's so good. Uh, USA Today snapshots. 90% of people are looking up to uh, spice up their meal routines. So sure. I don't know what that means exactly. Well, I think people get stuck in ruts. You know, the nine to five work day and the five day work week, it's designed to wear you down. It's designed to make you want to pay more for conveniences, like eating out all the time or fast food or pre-cut vegetables or what have you. And people, they, you know, they rely on these services that are no longer as available or that are more expensive now just because they're not making as much money. You know what I mean? Like, like ratio wise. And so the two or three meals that they'd make a week at home aren't ki- aren't killing it five nights a week, seven nights a week. And not to mention lunches and breakfasts. You know, I think we 
we devalue what's traditionally seen as women's work, like anything in the kitchen, and then we outsource it, and all of a sudden people can't do that anymore, and they're trying to figure out what the fuck to do, so they don't have to have quesadillas for the seventh night in a week. Yeah. There's also the issue of we live in, like, much smaller units, Mm. and, like, meal prep is manageable. Yeah, it's manageable if you're doing it, like, every other day. Like, if you've got six people in the house, and you each do, like, one, you know, you switch off, and you each do one meal every other day, Mm -hmm. then it's completely manageable. You can make a meal for six people just as easily as you can make a meal for one person. Yeah. But if you're living by yourself... Or just living with one other person, or living with someone who is not helpful at all. Or has a very different diet from you. Or has a very different diet from you. Then you can't do that, and you have to be making every single meal yourself. And so then you're not even getting, like, one nice meal. You're just having, like, six lame meals. Like, what you can bring... Like, the work... You're just having chicken, rice, and steamed broccoli seven nights a week. That'll make anybody suicidal. Three meals a day, seven nights a week. Yeah. Versus, you know, getting a couple of nice meals if you're splitting them across different people. Mm-hmm. Trying to find, like, studies to talk about as well, but all the studies going on right now are about COVID. And yeah. Nothing really fun to talk about. No, like, fun psychological studies going on or anything recently. You guys have anything you wanted to, like, maybe bring up? Uh-huh. Anything you read recently? I think there was something I sent you. Give me a second. Y'all riff or something while I try and find it. Hey, Georgia, let's riff. <laughs> so what do you think about the uh, the OMG look at that buttress? Well, I think it's the size the original buttress should have been. I yeah. agree. And I want it bigger, even. I want, like, one that's three times the size of the original buttress. Yeah. Like, I Like, this is good. This is nice. Like, this is definitely a, a well-proportioned girl. Yeah. But she's not, like, quite the size that I crave. Yeah. But that's the problem, as well, is my curse, is there's never an ass big enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For those eagle-eared listeners, last week we, uh, on the show with Amber, we talked about the uh, the buttress I ordered and how I couldn't possibly justify spending over $100 on a pillow. And yeah. Well, I wound up being flush with the cash from the podcast, so... Um, <laughs> we're millionaires from the podcast. I decided to order the OMG look at that buttress, which came out pretty much immediately after I ordered my original buttress back in like May. Oh, it was instantaneous. Yeah. So I got uh, I got it, and it is actually much more comfortable. It is like sort of loose, mm-hmm. which is nice. You know, more jiggly, less firm. Yeah. She like um, this is definitely like perhaps a woman in her, in her mid thirties. And, uh, yeah, I really oh. dig it. <laughs> I really hope we get a buttress out of this, because we need a third one. Um, they liked some of my posts on Instagram. Nice. And I want to get them to listen to the podcast, so that we can become the spokespeople for it. Mm. And so that buttress will send me free stuff. I think we need, like, at least 10,000 more listeners before we're getting free shit. Yeah. I don't know. I could post the podcast to my Pinterest. <laughs> you could. You've got like an insane number of Pinterest followers. Is that what they're called? Uh, I guess. Fans? Yeah. We need to I haven't get, been on there in like 10 years. Mm-hmm. We need to get on the social meds more. Um, I'm like going to post this to my Instagram story after and see if we can get a couple people there. 
I don't mean to brag, but I have at least like six or seven viewers on average to my Instagram story. So yeah, it's kind of a big deal. Damn, I think it's one of those things that if it happens, it'll happen organically. Yeah, you know, like I feel like this format that we talk in. It's like uh, my brother, my brother, and me, but not as good. <laughs> um, sorry, Jordan. I don't mean to dump on. I mean, us. I didn't think they were that good. Either. All right. I, anyway, I, anyway, I tried anyways, to listen anyways. to them. I didn't like it. Anyways, uh, I think it's just fun. You know, we're not in this for that sweet, 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 sweet podcast money. Yeah, Although if someone we, wanted to send it this way, we wouldn't that, be opposed. Well, but, I mean, we can't handle any more. Yeah, it would like, just overflow. Yeah. What am I going to do with more of it? I'm already wearing a suit made out of dollar bills. Yeah. Uh, like, what am I supposed to do with all this Single money? Single dollars? Yeah. Well, you know, it's, uh, you know, more material to work <laughs> you with. Know what, you know what? Call me when you get that $100 uh, you don't bill. You need the Benjamin suit. suit. Well, yeah. that's what I'm getting our wallpaper done with. Oh, that's you know, right. $100 wallpaper. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, some people say it's wasteful because <laughs> they'll just paint over it when we move out of the apartment, but I think it's worth it. I'm considering buying the building, mm. like this single building, kicking mm. out everyone else, <laughs> and then just turning it into no. a big mega. I refuse. No. We'll just give them all their units for free. Yeah. yeah. Or offer to buy them out, like, of the top floor here, so we could connect them all. And, like, uh, I don't know. Put okay. in an elevator. Guys, can you calm down with the weed smoking just a tiny bit? I have a really sensitive nose. Just so a little. Could, like, just a little. Is like maybe not all day every Saturday. <laughs> They've been good today though, or maybe I'm just used to the smell now. I look at the media out in the world, mm. and I feel like so much of it is just mediocre. You know, oh, I agree. And I get I get on myself about not being perfect, and then I realize <laughs> I like I'll read a book and I'll be like just internally critiquing <laughs> the like author the entire time like oh there's a typo oh there's poor grammar oh that doesn't make sense or that's poorly described or whatever like I want to like get out a red pen and like so edit yeah. <laughs> this book that's already been published and it's like on the New York Times bestseller yeah. list you gotta let yourself get transported into the world of your imagination you gotta yeah. stop noticing the grammar no. I love it yeah I, I watch television and I'm like oh why is there no good television on <laughs> Earth? I think every single TV show ever is pretty me- mediocre. Every single show? Yeah, are there shows that I like? Uh, Project Runway. You like Killing Eve? No. You didn't like Killing Eve? I do. I enjoy watching Killing Eve, but I think it is an ob- objectively... Like, it has some issues. Along with, like, every other television show I've ever enjoyed watching, mm. there's issues. Well, everything has issues. You know? Like, sort of like. Because it's something having uh, issues doesn't make it mediocre. What did you think of Monday Night Raw when you came out? The little bit we were watching of it, uh, Randy Orton's Uh, promo against Christian after uh, the match at Backlash, where Randy Orton uh, absolutely crippled Edge, who made a return to the uh, wrestling. This is not going to be a wrestling podcast. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing that to our eight fans. My my point being, my point being that. Nothing in this world, pretty much, is, like, up to my standards concerning media. (laughs) Actually, most, like, a lot of music is. But as far as, like, story stuff, books, Mm. television, movies, there's maybe, like, like, two movies or three movies ever that have been up to my standards. Um, Can I guess them? Yeah, sure. 
Uh, bound? No. Oh, damn. I'm already zero for one. All right. That was uh, pretty good, but... Ooh, in that case, I gotta recalculate. Okay, um, what's that one? Me for Vendetta. Yeah, same same director. Same Bounce. director. Yeah. Bounce, my fourth favorite movie. Me for Vendetta is my first. Okay. I have that over there. Uh, on the Knives show Out. As well. Yeah, Knives Out's my second favorite. Okay, all right. I'm on a roll. I'm on a roll. All right. Uh, but I'm a Oh, But I'm a cheerleader is pretty good, but no, it's no. Alright, what, what's, what's number make the top ten? What's number three? Number three is in the Spider-Verse. Oh, of course! That was a great film. And, like, best was animated movie ever. Animated yeah. film. Yeah. They're making the sequel, like, uh, yeah. at some point. And then the Miles Morales games. The, the Miles Morales game is coming out on PS5. Yeah. I hope we get to see Spider-Man 2099 in the sequel. Uh, yeah. Because we got the teaser at the end. I want to see... Uh, a Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and Tom Holland cameo of some sort. Mm-hmm. They can make that work this time. I would like to get Spiders Man. Oh, I love Spiders Man. And uh, maybe Annie Mae Parker, mm-hmm. uh, Peter Parker, and Mary Jane's daughter. That'd be really cool. Oh, Genevieve. I know no one can see this, but Genevieve is crawling all over Georgia like a baby. Good cats. me. Yeah, you're a my favorite movie, my fourth favorite movie, and my least favorite movie were directed by the same. By the, what the, by the Wachowski sisters. Yeah. Hi, little kisses. What do you think of Jupiter Ascending? I've actually never seen it. I really do want to. I thought you watched it. No, I've never seen it. It's on my to-watch list, though. Oh, on Netflix? Yeah. That, <laughs> that must have been where I saw it. I thought I saw it on, like, your oh, continual watchings. Little nose. I'll give, I'll give y'all one guess as to what my favorite movie of all time is. Um, what's it called? <laughs> I'm in Lesbians with you. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World? Yeah. It's a good guess, but that is incorrect. Oh, it's incorrect. Uh, yeah. My number one favorite movie. Oh, The Room. There the we room. go. So <laughs> you figured it out. It's all good. Oh. Mm. Oh. I, I I told you my brain's not working. You're okay. I probably got a brain tumor, but you got it. Yeah, no brain tumors allowed. Uh-huh. Uh, at some point in the future, not tonight, I will go into why I think The Room is the greatest movie ever created, um, in terms of like as a deconstruction of American cinema. But tonight is not that night. I'm guessing we don't have enough time for me to... That's like an yeah. hour. I can talk about that for hours. Yeah, we can save the, that for another show. For We're next about- show. 40, we're if, about 46 minutes right now. I think we can go for like maybe another 10 if we yay. got some time. Uh, I just want to say, if Tommy Wiseau ever hears this, please reach out somehow. I want to meet you so badly. I met Greg. I want to meet you. I want to meet the whole cast. I am literally Tommy Wiseau. You are my inspiration for writing. Which I know people are going to say that sounds crazy. It really is, and I'll get into it whenever I get the chance to talk about it everything I love about the room. Well, but, like, he's almost a chaos magician in, like, how he made his vision happen. Like, oh, yeah. It's he, incredible. He saw a movie he loved. Mm-hmm. He wrote a script. Like, he just sat down and did it. Like, um, mm-hmm. I think, like, Tommy Wiseau, was... on Tommy Wiseau's Twitter, there was, like, someone's like, how do I write a movie? And Tommy Wiseau just says, start. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly what I was saying earlier, you know, mm-hmm. is nothing's gonna be perfect but you know what's popular is what's been made Mm -hmm. if you want something to be popular you gotta make make it it, you know i said throw shit at the fan till it sticks i i said that even earlier today like 
when we were sitting here in the living room this morning, and she was like, uh, oh, do you think... Who's like, she? Uh, Emma. Okay. Okay, yeah. And, but anyway... Me. I don't know who... You know, that family you're talking about. You were, you were talking about how you wanted to write two original TV pilots I for do. this... Uh, what's it for? Um, so it's for the Walt Disney Television um, uh, staff writer position, basically. They select a certain number of people... Uh, for diversity and inclusion, um, to then go on and write on WDT shows, including like Grey's Anatomy, which is one of my favorite favorite television shows of all time. Uh, but the deadline is in ten days, yeah. so I don't know if I'll be able to do it. But yeah, that's what I'm trying to work towards right now. But your basic sentiment was like, do you think like those have a chance of getting picked up? Your ideas yeah. that you told me, I said, well, they'll never get picked up if you don't write them. You yeah, know? this is true. It's like they'll never have a shot. You miss. A hundred percent of the shots you don't take, Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott, no. Jordan Lee Ferry. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, I think that about wraps it up. I think we've sort of ran out of steam. My my story selections for this week weren't as juicy as I was hoping yeah, they, they were, were going to be. All right. And you know what? The moral of the story today was a good one. It was follow your dream, be like Tommy Wiseau, and follow your dream to the end of the earth. Or just go out there and make something. Yeah, just do something. Put something out into the world. Like we're doing right now. Whoa. It's guys, crazy. full circle. Yeah. <laughs> Who cares if our podcast isn't as good as my brother, my brother, and me? We're making it. Mm-hmm. Someone's listening to it. At least at least six people are listening to it. And this is a direct shout out to you six people. We love you so much. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah. you for listening with your ears. Thank you, fans. Yeah. <laughs> I think for next episode, I'll try and see if I can line up a, a Discord All-Star, perhaps. Nice. See if we can get someone in the room or someone on mic. Um, we had a guest earlier today who didn't want to appear on the show. And uh, they will remain anonymous. Yeah. They asked for anonymity. Yeah. But, yeah, no, it's uh, fun when we get the fourth chair in here. It is. Because uh, it's someone new it's we get to time. talk to. It's a good time. Mm-hmm. All right. right. And uh, that's us from the Quarantine Podcast signing off. This is Jordan. It's Georgia. And Emma. And uh, we hope y'all have a great week and hope you don't get cannibalized on a trip to Colorado.